ladies looking hot, shaking up what they got. Elephant men and cats, come on! Conversation where and you're on here for us, popsters. Uh, Roger Connors, frequent guest and collaborator, was just complimenting me on my nails. God, which... they look good. If you guys could see them, I don't know, Teresa. Maybe we could post a photo of reference. Perhaps they are. Um, I'd call this a sensible length for myself. Yeah, I mean it is short enough that people aren't going to be jumping at any conclusions about your evening career or hobbies, but long enough that you could physically defend yourself against a male assailant if he were going to come at you and grab your breasts or something unacceptable. Or a female assailant. Or yeah. or an assailant of... Or they. Yeah. We don't know. You can't trust no one these days. I don't know who's coming at me, but yeah, they um, they were um, five ninety nine oh, wow. at the Rite Aid. Oh, and you did it and yourself. I just... I just glue them i'm gonna give you all my beauty secrets y'all i just glue them right on myself i am not i'm comfortable yeah, of going into a salon you should be proud but i'm cheap yeah. and i'm not doing it no you should be proud anymore this is a skill that you have and uh ladies and gentlemen we're gonna have a beauty uh, <laughs> uh podcast <laughs> launching soon hosted by the podcast persephone if you want it please leave a comment following this episode it just non-stop um Great, what I would call nonstop great um, beauty shortcut. Yeah. Such as, do not wash your hair for five days. It's fine, even if you work out, because that is why they invented dry shampoo. Yeah. Until it starts to smell, smell or clump together. <laughs> like a dread. Like a dreadlock. Yeah. When you are getting to the dreadlock phase, you must wash your hair. But then when you do wash your hair, you wash it in the reverse way, which is? Conditioner first, but not at the roots. Wash out, and then just shampoo on the roots. I swear to you, that sounds cuckoo bananas, but you will save money, and your hair will be malleable. Golden words, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, make sure you're jotting this down. Um, and this is all free. Keep in mind, up until the point you do wash that hair, it's just extra body. It it's is. Just... It's just extra body, but. When your hair is getting to 70% dry shampoo and 30%... Versus hair, actual hair. Yes. Okay. There, that is a... You're in a danger zone. Highway to the danger Highway zone. Highway to, to a the danger, danger zone. zone. Kenny Loggins. A little bit of... 
I, w- I hadn't thought about Kenny Loggins all day until just that moment. We're so here to remind you. you, ladies and gentlemen, that Does, Kenny, Kenny uh, Loggins will be um, the, the focus of this next episode. <laughs> we will now be talking about nothing but <laughs> Kenny Loggins <laughs> and Loggins Messina for the next three hours. Oh um, no, we will not. But Kenny Loggins, if you go back and listen to that Top Gun soundtrack, it is very Loggins intensive. Aren't they making a new Top Gun? Oh, it's been made. Yeah, there's it a is called Maverick. Yes, I I saw the trailer in the theaters and I was, dare I say, underwhelmed. But at the same time, I know people, I guess, who really like Top Gun. Well, are probably thrilled. I just didn't know it was. I think it looks pretty. I'll be honest. I do think it looks pretty exciting, okay. and I'm not a. I I'm gonna give Mr. Cruz the. Uh, I'm a little surprised it took him this long yeah. for this. Yeah. But I do think. I think the effects look amazing. It sounds amazing. We got the nostalgia. I think it'll do very well, but I do know that the pandemic um, pushed this back of the release. And I'm sure, because I'm sure it's some of, I'm sure some of his money is in it as well. His personal Scientology money. Which there is quite a lot. (laughs) The zillions that him... And his the space alien Xenu or whatever um, <laughs> has given have him each for people over the last <laughs> over the years have um, contributing to his wealth, yeah, um, and his uh, preservation in age. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise is not aging at no. all, y'all, and it is and he worrisome. We all do know that Tom Cruise also has an extra. He has a middle tooth. Does everybody know this? Do I need to pop post this on the website? So Tom Cruise has, when he smiles, which is iconic and which he is known for, notice that his, we all have two front teeth, yes. That's all I wanted for Christmas. That's all I wanted. So in our two front teeth, it appears in many photographs that one of his two front teeth is really in the center so you have two front teeth and you have a line of demarcation, yes. Yeah. Some people, it's they're both together. Okay. Some people, there's a little space. Think of Madonna, Lauren Hutton. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, perhaps. Icons. Icons. His is together. Yeah. All snug, but it seems like there's another tooth in there. So you're you're speculating that third a, tooth. that there's a third that there's an additional tooth in his overall his jaw has produced somehow an extra tooth. Maybe this, maybe this. It directly applies to his ability to produce the perfect smile because it's the that that is like the I, maybe the ideal lineup of teeth. We're all just really missing one tooth. If we had an extra tooth, we would. Well, he got have, it because he's at that level in Scientology. Yeah, exactly, that, he got an extra tooth. That highest, I don't know, Xenu level. I forget. I've watched so many documentaries on Scientology, but I retain no specific details. I just know that he's at a crazy high level. He does believe that the aliens' bodies were here, and they left our bodies, and then they came into our bodies, and then left them again. And that's all I kind of need to know. That's all I need to know. And from there, the rest of it, you can kind of just fill in the blanks. Well, I think it's easy to be like, I accept this. Yeah. When he has the Church of Scientology treating him like a literal demigod. Yeah. Teresa, do you think this episode of of, um, your (laughs) podcast is going to get us killed? Because um, I yes. fear, I fear I, I'm not, the um, the Scientology. They do have a 
they do have if you've watched if you've watched any of the surviving Scientology with my one of my favorite Italians, Leah Romini. And talk it. about nails. Ooh. Yeah, she's the best of them. She a, a long tanned hand. Yeah. Two beautiful tanned hands always on um always on a tablet or scrolling through a scrolling through um information on her phone yeah. about how she's going to take down the Scientology empire and I just I've watched that and I just stare at her hands <laughs> and those nails and she's but she does talk quite a lot about their um they're very scary yeah. when 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 they're after you um you know lock up your pets lock up your lover lock up lock your just lock your doors and as I've said many <laughs> Lock, lock, lock up everything. Lock up your dogs. You're lock up your oh, dogs. Lock. I do not believe in organized religions of any kind. In Scientology, as we all know, is a religion. Yeah. Um, they got that good old tax status. I don't. I don't trust anything that gets a tax status. Right. Y'all need to be paying taxes. Yeah. Come on. Okay, I've gone off topic a little yeah, bit. Well, what did we? I Top Gun. We really okay. have a, Maverick. We is do a, not have a. I'm going to just put this out. Right We're keeping it loose. We're keeping it. It's very loose. This is a bit of a June purge. You know, we have the purges, but. Yeah. On to Maverick. Who's in there? That damn Miles Teller. They have been trying hard for years. Yeah. Ooh, have they been trying hard with yeah. Miles Teller? And you think they're going to get it finally with What do you. Point? Well, I thought he was good in Whiplash. Did you see Whiplash? I did not. The that's my, uh, by the way, that was my impersonation of Whiplash. Okay. So he's really great in it um, yeah. as the um, as the students, but and I think everyone thought, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be the um, the star of this. Yeah. But what what happened, and um, who really stole his thunder? And I love this actor, but of course I have to look it up because I can't remember. And this was a Damien Chazelle film, you know, Damien yeah. Chazelle, most famous probably for, um, oh my, I'm losing my mind. The movie that pissed off everyone a few years ago about LA, about jazz. It had Emma Stone in it. La La Land? La La Land. Damien Chazelle did that. but it it's um, people off? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that a little okay. bit later. No, but it's um, J.K. Simmons really took the thunder out of that, who played the truly terrifying yeah. percussion instructor. But they have been really trying for years to make Miles Teller happen. And Miles Teller is playing the beloved character Goose's son. Yeah. yeah. Now... Because as, sorry, spoiler alert from 1985 or whatever when Top Gun came out, but Goose dies. (laughs) Sorry if I've upset anyone. Um, But also, I'm wondering if Crazy Face met, uh, I'm not, first off, when I'm talking about people's crazy faces because of so much goddamn work, people need to get off my jock. Because her face looks crazy. Meg Ryan was oh, yeah. a beautiful woman, and she must have been very fearful of how she was going to age yeah. because what she has done to her face is, um, I, I think it would, I, I do think it's aggressive. It's 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 past aggressive. It's 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 a crime against humanity. This woman was a beautiful woman who was tired of being called America's sweetheart, yeah. so she went in and she got herself that 
weird collagen shark fat in her chin. See, what happens is, you know, when you start putting fillers here and there and you start getting things lifted, and as someone who has, I've, I've Botoxed. I, I don't lie. I don't lie, y'all. There's been a lip yeah. plump here or there at different times. But when you start going too crazy and you lift one thing, you have to balance out the face with something else jammed into your face or the symmetry gets all very Picasso and I don't oh boy I don't know it's the cheeks it's the cheeks that I'm talking about with yeah. Meg Ryan there'll be photographs um on the website um because I had to reference her but um she she's she's quite thin she's svelte she's always been thin I don't I'm not accusing her of anything and I don't think you see this with Madonna as well you know yeah. who I adore but um she's some very round weird cheeks oh yeah Madonna's looking like she's a shark she's getting filled to the brim <laughs> um I, I she's a shark they're pushing it past its boundaries Meg Ryan's upper lip also well um, the upper lip's always been um, it's a tough one. Yeah, you know what? I, I say she just takes both lips, the upper and bottom off. Start over at this New point. Lips, just <laughs> can, can, she can afford them. Um, questions out there for anyone in the plastic surgery community who may yeah. be listening this week: Can you get a full lip? I, yes, I, I'm sure if you're in a horrible accident and your lips are ripped off. But I don't know if they can ensure that they're going to look. Like, they're going to be scarred. Like Jennifer Coolidge's. Oh, yeah, like very full. I saw Jennifer Coolidge live, though, and you know what? Those lips look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Well, I I think that's a lot of her natural lip. I, she's got a full lip. Just like a Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna, people can criticize. Yes, other other enhancements have happened. Yeah. But those lips, yeah. She and this is how you all know, those two daughters of hers have the same lips. Yeah. You know, it's not like, I love you, Demi Moore, but it's not like Demi Moore's children that all look like Bruce. Oh, God, they do, <laughs> and it's so tragic. Which means you look like a thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Your forehead does not end. Um, I think they've done good with what they've had. They have. And you know what? I really, really like... Um, I like Rumor. Rumor Willis. I like her. She's I think she's... A she's a remake. I love her. I think she's folded into her looks no she's figured something she out. she looks more like demi now yeah. but when she was younger the youngest one though i don't know which one scout or Tallulah. these names um they're good names they're, they're good i mean being named they after like extras in the uh my uh best little whorehouse in texas right well Tallulah is named after um classic movie actor and crazy libertine lesbian Tallulah bankhead um uh, which what what a person to pick to name your baby after. Which, I she was a chain smoker. She yeah. was crazy. Um, I love that about her, but she looks the most. And she did put a post out um, on Instagram. I wonder how her dad felt about this, about how painful it was growing up. Because, yes, because Demi is beautiful. And it, her always being told by people how much she looked like her father. Because if you're, um, I guess if you're a... Um, if, I guess if you're a man or if you're somebody who uh, identifies as male, looking like Bruce would be a plus. Right. Because he's very woman, masculine. Very masculine. <laughs> I would say he's, in, in some regards, the epitome of a masculine face. 
Yes, but but on a lady, it looks it's, like a thong. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's rough. It's a series of unfortunate events series, on a on a unfortunate genetic events. On, but um, I do follow. I do, and I don't know why. I think it's because I read a, a little recommendation. If I haven't told people already, of the celebrity memoirs, and I'm going to start in a couple future episodes. I, I need to get people on here who are willing to read the books with me. Luckily, in the past, um, The Amazing Tia read Green Lights with me by Matthew McConaughey, since we're both such lovers of his. But um, I am trying to encourage some other friends and past past guests to read one or two biographies, celebrity biographies out there. I am not, we are not looking into heavy books. Right. We are looking into light reads that could be accomplished within a week. Yeah. So um, that's more to come. But what I did read last, was it last summer? I don't, this last year, I don't know how to quantify this year. I see, it was maybe, um, what was the last season we were in? Spring. Winter, spring. We're, 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 winter, just, sp- we're just dipping the toe into summer. Okay, well, during winter, spring, Yeah. I'm just going to call it. That sounds like something from Handmaid's Tale. Do it they does. have winter, spring? No, I'm sure it's a holiday that's celebrated. <laughs> a transition from winter to spring. It's winter, spring. If you imagine, it's not so sad. Yeah, and that's... And, it's so sad. And that's when, like, yeah. the other raping begins yeah. for the poor handmaidens. The purity, the purity rapes. The transition, <laughs> there is new life during winter, spring. Welcome to winter, spring. <laughs> Take place on the bed. Like, it's very sad. <laughs> Uh, well, during, <laughs> during winter, spring, I read the Demi Moore memoir. Um, mm. First off, I can't say the word. It's a memoir, not memoir. Or is it? I don't know. Anyways, it's called Inside Out. And let me, it was a page turner. turner. It was real. It was actually, I know she had a ghostwriter. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was pretty fascinating because Demi has lived. A life. Several lives yeah. in one. And yeah. um never been a fan of Ashton Kutcher. And after this book, I'm really not a fan of him. Really, really, really not a fan of him. Yeah. And age ain't nothing but a number true. But she allowed herself to be manipulated by this man boy. Yeah. During their marriage, which I'm not I'm not a, if you're listening to this, Ashton Kutcher. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. How do you feel about Ashton Kutcher? I mean, I, he's lovely. All I really he's cute. To, he's now like he devotes time to like saving people who are like being human trafficked and so forth, which is wonderful. So I, I appreciate he has, that. He's pivot. He's he's actually very. He is very smart with his money and his investing. Yeah. yeah, I think he's. I think he's grown since these events. I'll say that. But I think there was a time that he was the obnoxious, loud. Trucker hat, right? Like, and he was always—he was a punk, yeah. Well, yeah, punk, but he was in general just a punk. Like, he—that was kind of the image, like the really cute, uh, like rebellious kind of um, uh, personality. And and uh, even when you think of the role that he played on that '70s show, it was like the loud one, you know. Like he kind of just the dumb one, the dumb loud. And he was great. Yeah, and he made a really a good career off of that. But I think now he's known for separate things and. And I think that uh, I'm sure these things are probably true, but people can grow. So I hope so. I yeah, but in relation to the book, I'm just yeah. saying a yeah. little bit of. Oh yeah, I can see it. But um, she's she's an interesting one. It's a good read. I highly highly 
suggest yeah. Inside Out by Miss Demi Moore. Learn, learn, learn about Demi and the uh, shit that she went through. She's a queen. A little tip. I'll tell you one little thing, but then you have to read more. Her mother, and she does give forgiveness to her mother, her mother was a con artist and a hustler of some sort. And she essentially, and this is heartbreaking, kind of sold Demi to someone virginity-wise. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. It is dark. It is very dark. And then Demi kind of compartmentalizes, as the Scorpio she is, I am a Scorpio, compartmentalizes and buries down deep until it all implodes. That's what us Scorpios do. That is called managing our lives. It's it's not a good... I tried to do it less and less, but it's, it's very problematic. Um, speaking of that 70s show... Latest headlines. If I had a person in the studio that could make a noise, it'd be like, what would be a headline sound that's, it sounds like? Like where they spin in. You could add that in after in post. Oh, we'll figure, guys, we got sound effects coming this season. This season, sometime there will be sound effects. But this is, okay, this has been a brewing for a while. I'm segueing into Danny Masterson. Do you remember Danny Masterson oh, from I know all about everything that seventy show? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my one of my favorite characters, yeah. Hyde. Yeah. And again, it all comes back to Scientology. But he is married to Bijou Phillips. Ugh. Who is um, problematic in her own right. Oh, uh, poor Bijou Phillips. Calling people fags. Oh, uh, she's so she's always been a hot mess express. Yeah. Um, but a great she had a great scream. Great scream and a great one hit. Bijou? Oh, Bijou yeah, she's had, an artist. Yeah, she, she did was, have a yeah. good song. Yeah. I mean, she's got it in her jeans. She's yeah. got it in her jeans. Um, she's a scream queen. She's a scream queen. Mother is uh, Michelle Phillips from the Mamas and Papas. Sis side um, half sisters are China Phillips and uh, Mackenzie Phillips. So, I mean, you come from a uh, when you come from that lineage. I mean, come better, on, baby, come on, baby. baby. We all know. Yeah. <laughs> We're speaking okay. Wilson Phillips yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, we can't not. Uh, um. But Danny Masterson, who is a Scientologist, I'm not, by the way, making this correlation of, it's not a cause and effect of, because he's a Scientologist, he's also a rapist. What I'm saying is I just, he has been very protected by the legal representation of the Church of Scientology for years, and a lot of people, they were really, really, really trying to get these cases dismissed. Mm-hmm. But there were multiple women that came forward, and it was still within the statute of limitations. I think it's is it three? It's at least three women that came forward mm-hmm. accusing him of rape, and he is going on trial for this. Yeah, he is not getting out of this. They were trying to handle all of this out of court. Um, he even his his um, lawyers or his legal representation even said that Leah Romini was behind helping um, funding all of these accusations against him. You know, because they think that Leah Romini is. I mean, she's a strong and powerful Italian woman. Do yeah. not get me wrong. Right. And a good friend to Jennifer Lopez, which a very good friend. Which. And, and to Michelle Visage. Yes, oh, I best mean, the, the trifecta of Michelle Visage, J-Lo, and um, Leah Romini. That's a buddy movie. Let me see the, those three out on the town. <laughs> that's the a, shenanigans they get into. Oh, my God. The stories, the tales they could tales. tell. Oh, um, But 
I, I don't know. I think it is a situation in which there's a lot of smoke. I say there's fire. I also, obviously I tend to believe women first. I'm not saying that there's never been any situations where that hasn't been the case, but I have a very, I feel like when you're so embedded with this church who lives in a bit of a different reality and a different sense of what's right and what's wrong as evidenced by many people who have left this church, a church that has a long history of not just mental but physical abuse with people, mm-hmm. that there's some credence, thoughts on Danny Masterson. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, like, I remember... I heard this so long ago that I remember seeing... I was watching the movie Smiley Face with Anna Faris. The best. The if, best by by the made. way, as far as stoner comedies go, which I think a lot of them are like just okay, this is an excellent stoner comedy. This is the best. This is the best. I think it's one of the best ones ever. Anna, Anna Faris gives a tour de force performance <laughs> that is so good. I can't, I've never seen this. This quality of a... The physical sp- comedy. Oh, my God. There's one sequence in which she gives a speech. We're so off topic, but it's fine. She gives a speech, and it, she gives it... You see it from her perspective as she's giving this amazing speech to all these, like, employees at this, at this uh, uh, factory, and she, like, sees herself as just, like, she succeeds so well that they give her a standing ovation. Yes! And then you see a playback of how it actually went, and she's just, like, inaudibly rambling... <laughs> And it makes absolutely no sense. It's incoherent, and people are just staring at her. And it just—it's—it's it's a perfect film. Um, but no, so I remember watching this movie, and it was year. I mean, this was years ago because I have not watched this film in in probably three, four years. And I remember then it was already Danny Masterson was a problematic topic. Yes, because he's in. I forgot that he was in Smiley Face. He's her roommate, her That's Star Trek right. roommate. <laughs> And Ben Falcone is in it. Everyone's in um, it. Jane oh, Lynch is in it. Adam Brody. I mean, first off, John. Um, you need to. Uh, oh, and it's directed by Greg Araki. What yeah. a bizarre! It's got to be one of his first movies. If you guys have ever seen any Greg Araki movies, I. I mean, he's probably most known. Um, lately, he had a, a series on. Stars, I think. Oh, Stars has been putting out some good um, material as of late. I mean, I think it was Stars. Is Stars what has Apocal- that- Apocalypse Now? That was it, oh. and it's very Gregoraki. Everything is like he's like a Brian Fuller. Everything is in like electric colors. It looks like a cra- he uses a Crayola crayon. I mean, yeah. he did Bliss. He did. He's done a lot of um, queer and gay centric films but yeah. smiley face i think is is probably his lightest yeah it's like 2001 i think maybe smiley 2004, face 2001 to 2004 2007 was smiley face no way really oh i'm so off yes but um okay it's a little more recent than i thought but tell me so you did you so you had a bad feeling about him or you had started hearing no things? at this point when i was watching the film years ago because i have not i've not sat down to watch this movie for at least three or four years um, I remember at that time watching Ari being like, ooh, like seeing him, associating him with bad things, you know? 
Um, so, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. One of these earlier cases, it was before Weinstein, it was before all these things that this oh, was, yeah. you know, like that this was brought to light. And it's but the statute been... of limitations is 20 years, I yeah. believe, in the state of California. Uh-huh. I believe it's that. Don't quote me, I'll have to look that up. Obviously, it's different in other, other states. But, you know, that church is powerful, Roger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He there's always been to me even with I did like him on that '70s show and he is a child actor he was in, um, way before that '70s show he was in a lot of um, you know smaller roles TV series and a couple movies but I always did get a real slimy slimy sense of darkness with him his one brother I believe it was his older brother was in um, Malcolm in the Middle. He looks a little bit like him, less dark. Yeah. I don't know if he's a Scientologist. I hope we do, I, I hope he has not fallen victim. Yeah. As well. But um I don't know, it's it's kind of crazy. I didn't it's not to me it's not really it's still not getting that much um play, but I remember I remember the last time this came this is pretty big news, though, because I really remember the last time reading about this case was at least five years ago, four to five years ago. And I'm yeah. like, it'll be dismissed because it was around. I swear it was around the same time that Nick Carter was being accused of. Rape and with that a girlfriend, right? Was it, it was not a girlfriend. They were working on. It was a girl that was an up and coming singer. And her story is that they were, she was going to him for advice, kind of the mentorship type thing. And she was either at his condo, his house, his apartment, and he proceeded to rape her. Yeah. I mean, there's other details leading up to it, but it kind of went away. Yeah. Which, which means it was probably settled out of court. Yeah. Because her lawyer was like, listen... How much do you want to, which sucks for the victim. Right. Which really sucks for the victim. Like, how much do you want to put yourself, your family, everyone through? Right. Not that money is going to take away this pain, but, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, all right, all right, I'll take the money and I'm going into crazy immersive therapy now. Right. Um, It just... He, 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 he like kind of disappeared from the dialogue of this yeah. somehow. And yeah. I'm sure that's what Danny Masterson was hoping. Yeah. Like we have our pockets are deep here in Scientology world and we will be able to pay them all off. Yeah. Well, and a, a lot, I mean, one of the girls that came forward was an ex, I believe. Like these are, they're, they're mm-hmm. it's not just random voices. They have direct connections with him. Right. Uh, not saying random voices are any different, but I'm saying like it's like there was a re- there was there was a relationship. Was it was relationship, even a more yeah. of a relationship than like that Nick Carter situation where they were friends, but they did not know each other that well. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you have that. I mean, there's so many. There's so many different nuances with all of these types of situations that yeah um, was unheard of, frankly. When I was growing up, like was unheard of when I was entering college, when I was in high school. Yeah. I mean, and I am thrilled that the dialogue is out there now. Yeah. Because um, 
I was in many a dangerous situation. Yeah. That if I could turn back time, I would. Or if I knew I was able to have a voice. Yeah. But there's so much victim blaming and there's so much, it's your fault you put yourself in that situation type thing. Yeah. And that has been the dialogue for so long. So. Yeah. I'm very interested in uh, seeing what happens with that. Other Scientologist, Laura Prepon, who was also in that 70s show. Fully supporting Danny, of course. Of course. Of course. And she is now some type of lifestyle. You know, all these celebrities got really scared during the pandemic. These actors and actresses. And, you know, they started to trip, trop, trip, trop, and hopping over in the damn podcast world. And then they're like, oh, my God, look at this. I'm, like, in the number three podcast. I'm like, yes. Because you're a celebrity with already a built-in. Like, I love my girls from One Tree Hill. Don't get me wrong, but they just started a podcast, and they're, like, number one. And they're like, we can't believe this. Really? I'm like, really? Hillary Burton, Burton, Sophia Bush, and uh, Bethany Joy Lenz. You have, like, a One Tree Hill fandom filled with nostalgia. But I love Sophia Bush. I love them all. I do. And this is the thing. I do. Because I, I, I do. I want to go to Wilmington with them. I want to learn all about... I listened to the first one. It, it was good. God yeah. damn it. It was a good podcast. Yeah. But I just thought it was really funny that... Not that they were doing this, but like Laura Prepon, I believe, has a blog or a podcast. But she's definitely trying to now pivot her way when she wasn't doing acting into that lifestyle mode yeah. that goopy pushy yeah courtney kardashian has a poosh which i still don't know what that is a poosh or what well the it's the worst name of a lifestyle brand yeah, ever is it's horrible poosh which sounds like a queef <laughs> in my mind it does, it does. poosh i just did watch i love aquafina and i just did watch the episode Nora it's an old episode on Nora from Queens which is on HBO Max where her she gets hit in the vagina by her cousin accidentally because he is on a sugar high um he doesn't mean to and her vagina is involuntarily queefing and this (laughs) SoundCloud this SoundCloud producer samples it and will not give her any royalties. It's absurd, <laughs> but I love Aquafina, and it just made me think of this. I'm off subject, but again, the lifestyle. Yes. I just don't. I don't understand. Like I am still. Like are these these celebrities? It's like, you guys see what? I know that Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't care. But she did goop. Yeah. And it's just too much. Right. She wanted to become white Oprah. Right. With goop. And believe me, and I love Oprah, but she's crazy as well. When she has her Oprah's favorite things and she is showing me cocktail napkins that are engraved and are silk for $100 each, I say, Oprah, you have too much money and you don't 
When was the last time you understood? And she's meanwhile up in the corner of the page, just smiling. <laughs> oh, she looking down on it. She's smiling. Oh, she's, she's smiling. Like, she's things. in a she's in a red velvet dress and she's trimming, she's kicking it, and yeah. trimming a chrysanthemum. Yeah, and I'm like, she's not trimming her own. I don't think you trim chrysanthemums. No, but, but yeah, she doesn't know a, th- a shit about chrysanthemums. She doesn't. Maybe she ne- does. Maybe she. <laughs> maybe that's a secret patron. Who am I to judge? Oprah? I think she knows about her dogs because you know she has her lesbian lover. <laughs> they are not lesbians, Gail. Oh, Gail. Not sorry. Robin. <laughs> Gail. Yeah. Um, they are best friends. And same kind of sex rich... life partners. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you know what? That's a good way to go out. Don't tell me that's not a good way to go out. I mean, maybe they are. Who cares? Right. I just want it to be the case because I want Oprah to have her. Well, she. One thing she's missing. She's not. She's had Stedman Graham for years. That is her. <laughs> oh, does she have a husband? It's not her husband. It is her. I don't know. What age are you allowed to stop saying boyfriend? I am getting to an age right now that I cannot. The saying that somebody is my boyfriend what, seems is a man friend now seems really silly. Like this is my boyfriend. <laughs> like we go on dates. <laughs> Hi, this is my boyfriend. Like I don't want them to be my husband. Yeah. I, I you're, you're gentleman caller. I'm not Audrey Tattoo. They can't be my lover, or who we're going to talk about soon. Another French person. But I'm like, it's it's a very weird at my age. My gentleman caller, I missed that one, like Blanche Dubois. Oh, hello. Uh, you know, what would be, and I don't like, this is my friend, in which you have to give eye contact. Thank God we don't have the masks on. You have to give eye contact to the person that you're talking to to tell them what type of friend just with your eyes that it is. This is my friend. <laughs> what have you tested, guys? You, like, tested their l- limits. Like, and you introduced men in very strange and progressive ways. And you're like, uh, hey, uh, everyone, I want to introduce you to the king of my kingdom. This is Bill. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. What did you say? Or, like, um... Uh, I don't know, like the uh, the Smashmaster General. You know how we got that name. I would really. like to introduce you to Stephen. I am only having sex with him right now. You're seeing him because it's my only way to get to the sex part. Uh, like, by the way, there is no Stephen for anyone no. out there listening. I'm How giving. Are going to be questioning. I'm giving an example, but I mean, it's like. It is it, well. It is a very bold way to to perhaps test your limits of where you are That's in the relationship, saying. or if you just look at the person and you'd be like, "Hello, this is this is let's call him Jackson. This is why Jackson. <laughs> this is <laughs> it's very it's gotten very southern here it too. Is. This is Jackson, my mm. and I just you just look at him and you put all the all of the um, pressure that goes on yeah. to him." To define at that ah, moment what you are. You're, you're like just you're like, mm, you're making it really uncomfortable until he says something. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know exactly where you stand yeah, in that relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean. Because <laughs> it's either that or you introduce him by saying, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Pump and Dumps himself. <laughs> you finally get to meet Bob. 
And uh, I don't think anyone wants to be introduced. and dumps himself. (laughs) And this implies that I have been telling my entourage of friends for weeks of a person that I am seeing who... And I have been very explicit about our sexual (laughs) relationship. This is the man that gets in and out and does it the way he's supposed to. (laughs) Captain Puppet Dumps, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you heard about this guy and his dick. I mean... (laughs) Which one is that? No, no, not that one. The other one. Santo, I hope you're not listening to this. Oh, he is. My father is definitely never listening to this. And which is good because it was just Father's Day and we had a great time. (laughs) But my dad really does believe as I love him, but he really is believing. And he said the words to me, us conservatives are really we're really being attacked lately. And I said, and at that point, I'm going to kiss my dog and we're going to change the subject. Mm. So it was a great weekend until I heard that statement. And then you just turned a blind eye. And then I said, I said, huh? Yeah. Uh, Essentially it's a rough week for the conservatives apparently. And I, I looked to my mother in, in, in hope Eyes pleading, please help me. Please do not allow me to be the only person yelling here. But I didn't. And I said, he's an 81-year-old man. He's never changing. I'm going to hug my dog. Uh, you know, what yeah. are you going to... There are, there are other fights to fight. There's other think. fights to fight. Other battles to be won. But no, and he hate, my father hates technology. Yeah. And my mother absolutely has no idea, would not even know what to do. Okay, thank God. Because... So, or also it would be like an opposite situation of um I truly my, have no fear of wrote a porn my dad wrote a porn. My dad wrote a porn. Well, my um there's no one in my family that listens and supports my podcast. I'm gonna start promoting it only to your family. <laughs> no one. I do have brothers, they could give a shit, they do not listen no. to this. I have no idea if um I do have a few younger cousins out there. I do not even think that my beautiful nieces, yeah. and I definitely know my nephew is not listening, but I do not even believe my beautiful nieces listen to this. But you know what? I don't hate on them. I seem very old to them. And I don't... They're into other things. Yeah. They're not into the nostalgia of the Maverick movie. No. Really? That's shocking <laughs> to me. Your niece who's in eighth grade or is she in, for, in high school... Doesn't isn't isn't no, she's by not. Maverick or by uh, Tom not. Cruise circa nineteen eighty nine. I mean, but my one niece Mara is very very I I dig her taste um, because we do follow each other on Instagram, which is cool. Unless she has a Finstagram, yeah, like Army Archer, Army Hammer. Oh um, yeah, she's like a, a very yeah. different, two different, very different people here. Uh, but. <laughs> But she is. But she has told me she loves Natasha Leone. So who doesn't love Natasha? But I mean, Leone? for well, her age to have yeah. such a defined, such a specific a fandom on Natasha Leone. on the it. Queen Leone with yeah. a, a smoky cognac voice. Mm-hmm. The uh, who's seen some shit, done some drugs, and she's seen. And my niece has seen everything. I'm always yeah. like, have you seen? She's like, oh, absolutely. Um, but I'm a cheerleader. She's like, I love it three times. I'm like, have you seen this? And she's like, oh, yes, love it. She, I'm like, and I'm like trying to find things that she hasn't seen of Leon, but she's 
She even saw the Woody Allen movie, which I'm like, you know. Mm. Yeah. Well, now, listen, we all know how I feel about Woody oh, Allen. Well, I've talked about it. Oh, I know. I've heard it. But Leon is great. She's fantastic. You can't in that in that yeah. small part that she has in that. So I'm not going to put her down. Right. We're gonna have her. We uh, knew he was roses. a sex. By the way, we knew he was a sex monster during this period. No one talked about it. Now we truly know he's a sex monster. And he's did. another one. He's yeah. he's like my dad. He's like, why won't anyone pay attention to me? It's kind of like, oh, the conservatives are having a bad week. Because I rape people. <laughs> All I did was fall in love with a girl that was, you know, this might have been my stepdaughter. You know, I will say that the, um, speaking of Woody My Woody Allen, Allen impersonation is dead on. amazing. You should do kind of how um, <laughs> on SNL, how they have um, Giuliani played by Kate McKinnon. <laughs> what, if you, what if you did a Woody Allen that became your one-woman show. Right. Teresa Padone as we... <laughs> um, but no, it's always... Um, like the... Hollywood, in general, is often pretty liberal. And, yes. Um, to an annoying level. To an annoying level. Because because they have so much friggin' privilege. Yes. That you can... You know, they're, they're only seeing one side and they're like, well, duh. Why isn't everybody... It, it is annoying. It is. Oh, I agree. I agree with the statement. Very, very. Absolutely. Um, but uh, there's a lot of, you know, speaking out. I do feel like we're losing a lot of... Film is losing an edge uh, to a certain extent because we're having to dull it down to appease the masses. And that's just saying across the board. Um, but I, I feel Not like as risky. It's just not as risky. Exactly. And I feel... Um, you know, my, my film just went out, and I just got a review about it. This would be um, Rebirth. This is Rebirth. Directed I, by William Roger Connors. Thank you. And, but I, is it, it listed as true. Roger Connors this or William? Roger Connors. Sorry, yes, sorry. Directed you. by Roger Connors. <clears throat> if you guys have not seen or heard of it, first off, tell everyone where they can, uh, where they can stream, stream it. it. You can get it on Amazon Prime. You can get it on... It's uh, excellent. Microsoft. Thank you. Um, you can get it on um, Apple TV. You can get it on all kinds of streaming services, um, and, and the list is a growing. So keep your eye peeled. But um, no, but and this does tie directly in, and it actually ties into the next thing I wanted to bring up too. Is just kind of talking about Hollywood and how we're transitioning mm-hmm. with Woody Allen and the whole aspect of like the the liberal mentality of it all, um, and how it's a good thing in a lot of ways, but it's a bad thing in some other ways too. And I think with um, I had this, so I had this review. And this guy was slamming aspects of the movie, um, and he complimented the acting, he complimented the cinematography, but he was really offended by the fact that I made the one character, the one female lead, gay. And he said that... Um, Which character? The... Barbara is changed to the, a gay male character in the original... Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, so we are talking... Rebirth is a... Essentially, would you call it a remake or a reimagining? It's a reimagining of the story of Night of the Living Dead by George Romero. And Barbara is a um, pretty iconic character in the original, but in Roger's version, this role was um, turned into a male character, and it was a gay male character. Yeah, and it plays very much into the story, and it has like a purpose through the story. And so this guy's criticism was stating, he's he first of all, he says... 
uh, <coughs> damn ho- Hollywood liberals always having to have, um, ha- always having to like speak out on something or like you know he basically implied like that a I was Hollywood, which has made me blush. Um, but b <laughs> uh, that you know the fact that it was being used as a platform and because you were checking off like you were checking off boxes like yes. I need to make this. It needs to be diverse, yep. and it needs to be all these representations. Well, and I, I was tackling the gay... <laughs> I did want to tackle the gay topic because the original film was a hugely political piece. Absolutely. Um, and I, I was kind of... It boggled my mind that the person who's a, such a diehard fan, as he's describing, it would completely overlook a defining aspect of what the movie was, which was a political vehicle at the time, uh, really tapping into relevant topics and that's all i was trying to do and the social ethos of that time and how that's still relevant today and if you if you ever see interviews it's wes craven right no george George, sorry it's george romero but wes craven is in one of the like they have a whole interview where they have several directors talking yeah i'm sorry but like if yeah and i think it was probably wes craven talking about it Mm -hmm. um but i know that there was always that practicality of the film yeah opposed to well when george romero was making this it was all in the backdrop of all of these other things going on. And yeah. clearly, it influenced every single thing. It's just a foil for what... I mean, it's just not a foil, but a reflection for what is going on yeah. with using zombies as the vehicle. Yeah, like with between the Vietnam War and, right. and racial tensions and all that. Um, it just was like a bubbling over. And so I think we're in a similar time frame now, and it trans- transitioned well to this era. And I was really boggled... Uh, my mind was boggled by the fact that Someone who obviously understands the film and really enjoy it found this to be the offensive aspect about it. And clearly they do not understand the original material. But I don't know, when we were talking about the whole Woody Allen thing and that whole idea of him feeling attacked, uh, you know, being such a liberal-minded person, but then now that he's being accused of something... Oh, he feels very, very attacked. attacked. And it just, it's, so, it's, <laughs> uh, it's so weird how Hollywood works, but Hollywood can also produce some uh film that is very like captivating even within the horror genre uh captivating and like entrancing but capsuling the time and kind of transitioning to like what i wanted to focus on uh with my like chunk of this today and is is, like some of the films coming up if we're doing a june purge i think like we have a few film titles that are really entrancing can you tell that roger has taken the lead of this out of control and non-focused um, podcast this week, and I am thankful. Yes, we are. First off, we're both still riding high off of truly the unabashed excitement and love that we had for In the Heights. Yeah. We do know that there's been criticism, both a combination criticism about some of the casting. We know there was critic that there was not enough Afrocentric representation, and we know there was criticism about some of the unnecessary or what some critics deemed as unnecessary changes they made to the storyline. As someone who has seen it on Broadway, I will say that I had a few of those criticisms myself with some of the unnecessary changes. I think it should have been steeped during, I think, 2005 when it was a blackout, but by and large, I haven't felt so good about watching something musical related in so long. I just cried throughout it. And I thank you, John M. Chu and Lynn manuel 
The Thank talent, you. The talent on display with that film was probably the it most. Was be- it was joyful. Joyful, captivating. It, the words describe it. And you know what? I am someone who, A, I've never seen the musical or heard the musical prior to that. Which is I, a joy. Um, and you are not a huge lover of musicals. No, you know, Teresa and I, in case some of you listeners don't know us directly, <laughs> I would be shocked. But um, uh, Teresa and I know each other from musical theater. and I From kind of, the stage. From the stage. Wait, can you tell? <laughs> can you tell? Um, but no, and, and we danced and sung together. <laughs> for someone who grew up doing theater uh, from a young age, I'm not necessarily someone who enjoys the experience of seeing a live show. That, <laughs> yeah, I, I have fallen asleep. That, that is the understatement of the century. <laughs> I hate musical theater, um, but but the shows I love, I love. get me in a get me to a live production of Bye Bye Birdie, and oh. I'll be dancing in the seats. I'll be dancing in the seats. I love Bye Bye Birdie. I love musicals about religion. Jesus Christ Superstar. Don't get me started. I've been in Godspell three times. Anything about religion Anything. or oh, God. Oh, bless the Lord my soul. Or I give me it. Conrad Birdie. Oh, my dream. Well, don't get me who started. is your dream? My Kim, dream is, is to be Kim McAfee. Oh, my, but not Kim McAfee. My dream is to be Anne-Margaret portraying Kim yes. McAfee. Which you recently sent me a gif of Anne-Margaret shimmying and I just, it blew me away. Yeah, if, there are, by the way, there are several Instagram accounts that are devoted to Anne Margaret shimmying and d- doing crazy dance moves, and just follow every one of them. There's also a Kristen Wig <laughs> SNL skit from circa, I would say, 2002. Were we taking it back? So, yes. The, we, I will have on the website both of these Kristen Wig clips. Because you have both the Kristen Wiig clips, I think Roger was mentioning, um, of what was the one from Anne Margaret? The the, uh, the Anne Margaret one is, I think it's Anne Margaret uh, uh, trying to turn off a light. No, no, no. no that's, Anne Margaret trying to answer the phone. Answering the phone. Yeah. And yeah, the 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 other one is Eliza Minnelli trying to t- t- uh, trying turn to turn off, off a light. lamp. Yeah. Yeah. When she's like, it's the button here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll have those up there. But I, um, as people who, yeah, we were talking about Birdie, but have we talked a little bit about, what we were probably talking, most re- referencing about was, thinking about was what we both just saw. That was, In yeah, which was, has been, garnered some criticism for not having enough Afrocentric, um, you know, representation. And some people thought there were, there were some changes that were done to the story that didn't need to be done. I think there was a couple that didn't need to be done. But overall, I thought it was pure joy. I thought it was magical. I could watch it over and over and over again. When was the last time you felt that good coming out of a theater? I mean, I was just rambling to my lovely boyfriend, Gustavo, how wonderful and magical it was. And he is... Of a of a um, of Brazilian, a, he's Brazilian, and so and he was like, "You're you're far more excited than I am." <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, "I thought it was amazing. I was just swept away, um, as we white people often can be by other cultures. <laughs> we are we don't ever experience them because we live our own mundane lives. But um, but yeah, no, I thought it was amazing, and I I, I think it was the perfect note to kind of start off this topic because it really gave me seeing it in theaters gave me hope in the sense of I can have these wonderful theatrical experiences still after right. coming out of what we came out of. 
Um, Without having to go and see. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not paying $39.99 to watch Scarlett Johansson play a character she's played five times on the Disney Channel. I'll just see it in theaters. Like, I'll be great. You know, because you know they're trying to charge $39.99 on Disney. For what? For the um, uh, Black Widow movie. To have early access. I don't need this early access. I want the theaters. That's, oh, is that what this Disney all access is now? Yeah, yeah. But see, that's... Okay. My question with that, though, because we have already the streaming on demand, like the cinema on demand. Yeah. The cinema on demand, this is what... This is where the stuff gets crazy for me. The cinema on demand isn't even that expensive. Yeah. So the cinema on the da- demand, which is also... There's some things that are like... This has been out for a while, but some things that have been like, this is being released today. Yeah. So if it's released today, is it at that thirty nine ninety five level, all of them? Or is this a Disney thing? Because I remember when they were like <laughs> releasing today and also in some theaters, the Russell Crowe movie about road rage <laughs> months oh, yeah. ago, which was a hit, by the which way. Which was, yeah, which ended up being a hit. Um, because you know what people wanted? More anger. Yeah. They needed to vent it. And I get it. That's what really pushed us over the edge was that Russell Crowe movie. Um, but, uh, I do think that, you know, the, the, the first film I really want to talk about, and I thought it was the perfect, um, segue into this topic because it's the, the June Purge. It's the Purge movie coming out July 2nd. It's the is this... fourth and final. Okay, so this is the fourth and final. I love the Purge movies. Ugh, um, I think they're done so well. I just love them. Okay, so where are we at in Purge world for this Purge? So this is... Uh, I, I've purposely not been reading a ton of on it, but I did watch the trailer and it has me very intrigued. So from my understanding, this is after the Purge was canceled? Because remember the last one that the Purge is finally canceled. With the... With the blonde president? Yes. What was yeah. her name? Blonde president? She was, she was a sexy female Biden. I don't remember her character's <laughs> name, but she was, like, she was act- kind of like a Biden. The actress, if people have watched Lost before. She's from Santa Claus 2. She's from Santa Claus 2. She is also from Lost, and she played the character of Juliet. She is a pleasant blonde woman. Yes, that, that is exactly how I describe her. <laughs> I do really like, I do honestly like her as an actress, and I sound like I'm being a real dick hole there, and I'm not trying to sound like that. Um, she's 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 quite good in the movie, if I recall. Yeah, oh, I mean, honestly, I thought it was, she was great. I thought the whole last film was fantastic. I think they honestly get better with each, as each film comes out, I think each one's better and better. And I think this one's going to be great because it's at, it is set after the uh, end of the after purge. the Trump insurrection, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's about a group of um, I think it's like relatives, uh, a Mexican couple, I believe, yes. and they are they become trapped in an area uh, uh, in I think Texas. Isn't where... the, isn't the yeah isn't the concept though that the purge is no longer time? It's no longer time, but there's still people who are insistent on playing it and like rebelling against the system and it's people who've been waiting for it and so they're st- they're trapped in a really like red area with nowhere to go and it's terrifying yeah it's terrifying and it's so like tapped into like the mentality that existed for the last few years so it feels it's super still, relevant i mean it still exists in many 
you can feel the underswellings of oh, it yeah. as well. Yeah. With um, because once one one I always say once one side comes to power, the under the the defeated starts to build up, yeah. build up, build up, build up. We see that with you know it's so cyclical. Yeah. Um, but so the the purge was canceled. So this is now well. Yeah. Except for this area where right. these folks, these like militia people, these folks that are kind of like. I always think of like the Michigan militia because you know, like the Michigan militia, um, they do what the fuck they want right, to do. Right. You know, they're like, we don't belong to no government. I don't know why I gave them that accent, <laughs> that anachronistic Southern accent. Pure Michigan. But, but it's not that, and that is offensive and shitty for Southerners, <laughs> Southerners in Michiganites alone. But y'all know what I mean. It's like, it's like. Don't take our guns. Don't take our guns. Yep. If I haven't told you already, don't take my fucking gun. Yeah. I want to use them for things like this. The purge, (laughs) which you did take from me. So now I will kill your Mexicans. Yes. And if anybody on January of 2021 did not feel a little fucking terrified when that insurrection happened, A, you've been sleeping for the last four years. ARB, you've never seen the purge. <laughs> because it felt so close. the first thing I thought of was this is the beginning of the purge. Or the handmaid's tale. Or the hand one of these things, one of these things is come coming true. Pick which pitch pick which one you prefer. So is there any do we know if there's any and I'm not about it doesn't have to be a big star. Yeah. Do we have any big character actors? Or any people returning um in this new installment of the purge? One thing about the purge that I I don't want to say I dislike it, but God, I just like some of the characters. We've had some really good characters. Yes, we have. Come over the course of the series and characters, you know, not everyone always dies. So some of the characters are left with the open ability to have more of a story. So I guess it's kind of like redeeming. There's always been a sense of like a redeeming factor at the end of a lot of the Purge movies. And um, I, I, I don't see anyone carrying over that I know of. Right. But I will say that we do have... Um, Ana de la Reguara. I hope I'm saying her name right. I, I recognize her because she was in recently Army of the Dead. Yes. She was in Army of the Dead. She had a really prominent role. Which, by the way, check out Army of the Dead, It people. was really fun. It's I fun. Really, as a zombie lover, I liked it. Annabelle Gardaquil? No, Ana Ana- de la Reguara. <laughs> that was her name as she was born. Anna de la Guardia? Yeah, de la Reguaria. Am I saying it right? You know what we're great at? Being white. Anna de la Reguera. Reguera. And I am sure somewhere it's a Reguera. I can't roll my R's. I just that was the best I can. But you, I watch. It's it's me and those telenovelas. Yeah, I'm trying, y'all. I am trying to absorb the Spanish language. Well, she's lovely. She's stunningly beautiful. She's the lead. And you know who we do have? Star of the Poseidon remake himself, Josh Lucas. Okay, Roger, if you all don't know this, is obsessed with the Poseidon remake. Oh, my God. Just called Poseidon. It's just called Poseidon. But you can't find a better uh, way to kill an hour and a half I'm telling you. Nothing is better than the original Poseidon Adventure. Shelly Winters. No, but if you're going to, it's kind of like, they're like, we can't be as epic and grand as the original one. So we're just going to be bigger and more over the top. We're going to put Fergie in it as well. Oh, but she's not going to have a single line of dialogue because she's hard to look at. Yes. 
Yeah. But here's my question. Big question about Poseidon. Sorry. And then I'll let you talk. Yeah. You hate what that are in the waters? Submarines. I hate submarines so much. I, Guys, <laughs> I am haunted. <laughs> let me tell you. This is a true. This is an honest to God story that happened. I, I am not laughing at this no. phobia. It is just bizarre to me. No, I don't understand it. I, I'm at a bar. I'm at not just a bar. I'm at like a quiet and calm gin bar with my lovely boyfriend Gustavo who can attest that this is 100% the case on the TV I'm like talking I sit down I'm talking to him and I'm facing a TV and there's a TV behind me and um, I'm watching the TV across like over him and on it like they're like okay it's obviously like National Geographic first of all and on it like they're like looking they're like scanning over debris of like sunken wreckage, something you might see in like a Titanic. Yes, sunken wreckage. And one of them is like a bathroom, like a, something like this is how you use this toilet, and it was very much what I would picture a toilet in a submarine would be like. <laughs> but you and have no idea. I've never been. No, I've never been into a bathroom on a submarine. But I see it. I'm like, this just screams submarine to me, and. So I, I like look down to him and he's like, and he's like, what he sees my eyes like shift completely down. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I, I'm afraid that there is going to be a footage of a submarine on where I can't, I can't do it. I can't, you don't understand. This is like a legitimate phobia. I can't do it. And he like looks up and he goes, oh, well, I'm pretty sure it's done. Because it definitely doesn't look like a submarine. And he looked up and it was just someone talking. So I look up and you see someone talking. And all of a sudden it cuts to a shot of the open water. <laughs> and a submarine like careening across the water. And I just, I like grab the table. And I'm like, <laughs> and like, I like, I listen, I'm sweating now thinking about it. I can't handle submarines. They scare the living shit out of me. I've never had anything more terrifying in all my to- life is the visuals of a submarine that makes me have a panic attack. And you've never been able to see the movie that Rihanna starred in. Battleship? Correct. Well, there's a difference to me also between... Well, you know, I've never been able to see Aquaman. Or Aquaman. Because that whole first... It's just the really... Mostly the first part of the series. If you can edit that as definitely crop the opening... We cannot edit that first... That first part where there is a submarine Doesn't he, like, battle a submarine? He battles many things. He is the Aquaman. He's played so by, hot, but I can't really. I can't. I, you, you will not. You, there will be large swaths of the movie that you may yeah, not may be to able. Cut, to. Anything to do with water, but you know what? Amber Heard. <laughs> Amber Heard. They just confirmed is returning for the sequel after a bat, big back and forth. Well, good, good, good for her. Good for her. Good. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm just. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want everyone to work. Yeah. I would like those two train wreck of a couple to end this court situation. I think they both need to just shut the fuck up at this point. They, I don't know who's. No one knows who's right or wrong, but I think it's a big hot. It's a big hot mess. How about you do it and you just don't tell them the news and media about it. Keep it private. How about that? That's. That, it's not going to happen. Oh, I think if he had his druthers, Johnny Depp was always very, 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 very private with his personal relationships before yeah. her. Yeah. You never heard a word about him and Vanessa Paradis, yeah. his French lover. There's no other thing I can call her. Mother of his children, lover, never married. Yeah. And they're French. We can say that with them. Right. Again, lover. lover. Um, yeah. And Winona... She only has good things to say about him. She lo- adored him, you know. So, but at the end, it's at the end of the day, it is a 
separation of a of a couple and we are not the family we are not the, yeah we are we're not, not the family we're not the family we were not there and also i think that there's very dark demons between both of them it's very dark but she's coming back so yeah. I get my biggest question whenever Poseidon is brought up, which you oh. love, is how do you not watch that movie in which a entire cruise ship gets flipped, flipped over. over, which is some real submarine vibes to it's me. It's a very prominent. It's a very prominent aspect of the film. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is about submarines. I think it's how they just float. Like, but how are oh, you not I'm thinking about them? I'm it's, sorry. It's the darkness. I, I'm, tra- I'm triggering the you. I'm triggering the you. Okay, we have to get past the sub. We're getting past the water. Get past yeah. the water. And come up on land. Come up on land. Okay. Where they've been filming the new Little Mermaid live action movie. And there's photos <laughs> on the internet. There are. She looks great. With Is it is it Chloe Bailey or is it her sister Haley? It's it's uh, Chloe. Oh, God. I don't. Because they're, they're you twins, know they? they're, they're not yeah. twins. They're just that similar. Looking. I think that they're. Oh, gosh. They've played they played twins on Grownish, the spinoff from Blackish. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that show. It is hilarious. Yeah. They play twins on that. But I I believe I believe they're either twins and they're fraternal. Yeah. Or they're a year apart. They I think they're fraternal twins. Because I think that's on the show Grownish, they play them off as they are identical. Yeah. Oh, it's Hallie Bailey who's ha- playing yes. Ariel, and she Which is I'm the sure younger th- of the two sisters, actually. So she is younger, so yeah. maybe they're a year apart. Yeah. They're beautiful. Their voices, both of their voices are truly angelic. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I am, at the same time, while I'm excited about it, I um, literally can feel. My anus tightening. And you know why. Because of the disgusting hate that is going to come out. About, yeah, her. Because she's black. Oh, my God. Um, because, you know, as... Because you know you're going to get... And it's not going to be... It's going to be in very coded, subtle, gross ways. Yeah. That is going to make me explode. And what makes me so mad is, like, honestly, if you look at this actress, like, she, she's so beautiful it almost looks animated. She's she is one of those human beings that is so but she is she's got the she's got everything that Ariel is supposed to have which is the voice which is the beauty which is the wide eyed you know she's going to be able to portray that portray that wide eyed I want to be where the people are situation yeah. and I do think it is hilarious that people I do understand it's a Hans Christian Andersen, and he is definitely a very white human. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure he never, like, his mind's eye was not seeing this black girl. Yeah. But I do find it hilarious, the ownership that so many, especially conservative people, have over, over well, it has to be this person that looks like this. I'm like, this is a fairy tale this is a make-believe this is an anime you are basing this on one version that you have seen that you have tied your soul to for life without and criticizing this because the criticism has already been out there um and doing this even before you've seen the talent behind that yeah and that's what drives me crazy it's like do you 
I I have heard her sing. Yeah. I have heard her sing on her own. I have heard her sing with her sister. They are, I mean, they are prodigies of Beyonce. They are under Beyonce's management. They're not fucking around. Right. The, this These girl, are talented This girl women. is the real thing. Yeah. No one needs to worry about it. And on top of that, she's a good actress, not just a good right. singer and performer. Right. But, um... I am. Like, I'm very excited, yeah. but just the culture we're in right yeah. now, I'm like... I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to hear anyone's opinions on it other than the... Like, I'm like, why can't we... Based on the talent. Yeah, why can't... on the talent, and that's all that matters. And I think the thing that is happening, though, and it's been so late coming, um, so to speak, so they haven't had problems, although there is still discrimination and there's still racial issues going on with, like... Um, when they cast for for Shakespearean things, but Shakespearean plays mm-hmm. have been one of the only things for the for I would say for the last you know, let's say thirty to forty years where you've seen colorless and oftentimes genderless casting. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's Shakespeare. It belongs to everyone, so ever so anyone can be in it. It's almost been like that, which has been something that theatrically ha- should have been should be embraced with. Everything. Right. Really. Um, and, you know, there's obviously a huge movement going on right now with many activists on Broadway for just that because you don't see that. You don't see that in, you know, you see people of different races. It's like, okay, well, you're Asian, so you can be in, <laughs> you can be in Miss Saigon and Flower Drum Song. Yeah. And other than that, you're not going to be considered you know, for a lead in anything else. Right. Because you're not white. And they don't say that, but that's how it's been. So I'm hoping that this becomes much more normalized. Mm -hmm. That the first thing that doesn't come out of people's mouths are, I mean, but she's black. Yeah. But I know that's going to happen. And it's like I have to start putting my... um, bullet points together now about it right yeah but i'm i'm excited i've been a little bit weirded about some of these the live actions have been very hit and miss most of them have been hit i mean miss (laughs) for me i watched the cinderella one recently and i actually quite enjoyed it well it was the first of them, really, and it's, well, it's Lily, got Teeth McGee. Lily James, who was Teeth McGee, who was also, which I call Teeth McGee, who um, I do love her, even though, I mean, Mama Mia, here we go again, and she's playing Pamela Anderson Lee in the upcoming, I believe it's by Hulu, it's going to yeah. be on Hulu, biopic of her and Tommy Lee with uh, Sebastian Stan. If you have Ooh, not seen the photos, yeah. holy shit. They look great. I'll put them on the website. Um it's a but long list today, guys. It is a long list. And there's um, more coming. I, I promise you that. Always more. Um, I, I, I thought that one was pretty delightful. I guess I'm thinking of like one that hurts your soul, I'm sure. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I hated Beauty and the Beast. A lot of people loved it. Gustavo loved it. We fought over it. Um, I, <laughs> we, I really, bro- we fought. We broke up. Yeah, we broke um, got up back together. Um, I, like- I like the only thing I did like about it was the addition. A very pronounced edition of Audrey McDonald at oh, the beginning. Yes. I'm like, I don't. Can we not do this musical and just have her sing for hey, the well, next he, hour here, and a half? Here's how much I hate musical theater. I'm very 
very spiteful about the fact that they didn't use the phenomenal score from the Broadway production. Yes. Like, the thing is, yeah, I understand they want to write new music so they can be up for awards. I get it. I understand. Oscar. It's Oscar, all Oscar bait. It's all about yep. who the fuck cares. They had an amazing score written by the same team. And several of the songs were so renowned that they even animated them and added them back into the added them into the film. They have that that beautiful song "Home." You know, yeah. the, there's so many great songs that were added in the exact same places in which some of these very forgettable tracks were included. And um, it just boggled my mind. I think the casting choices were kind of all over the place. And the most of all, it didn't emotionally connect with me. The original film is. Uh, and it's animated. It's magical. And, and, yeah, if you're more connected emotionally with the animated than the live action, which, you know, I'll, that was, like, for me, that was Aladdin. Oh, the I Guy Ritchie Aladdin. That broke my heart because I was super excited to have, oh, good, he cast, you know, Middle Eastern actors in this. And there was a lot of really cute men. Um, and there was, like... A couple, there was like one element of her best friend that they added that I really liked about it. But by and large, it had nowhere near, it was a lot of it was the Will Smith of it. Yeah. Uh, but it had nowhere near the absolute ma- magic of the The charm the Disney. and charisma of the original. Yeah, it just, it it it, it was so. So I'm worried about this live act. Yeah. That's why I'm worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. But, you know, I've got hope. Um, uh, but I got hope, 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 you know hope me... down in my heart. Where? <laughs> down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Okay, the hope. <laughs> um, uh, uh, speaking of hope, though, there is a film coming out. It is being released under BET. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually coming out on BET or if they're going to actually do it. No, before. it's BET Productions. It's very similar to how there's like they they came up with their own production companies like how MTV Films. Yeah. So if, I no, I think it's if this goes to theaters, in... we'll be there opening. Oh. Um, let me set it up for you. It, the the title <laughs> of the film is called Karen. Already you have it in your mind, so just run with it. It is a suspense thriller in the veins of what I might say would be a um, Beyonce led suspense thriller from two thousand and nine. What is enough? No, no, that's no, no, that's, that's Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Um, you are thinking of the Beyonce slash Idris Elba vehicle, slash Ari Larder, slash Ari Larder, who I've been told is the worst human in the world. Come on, Ari Larder, and tell me if that's wrong. I was told by a girl from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, who knew you growing up that you were bad. Defend your name, Ari Larder. <laughs> Uh, the film we are talking about is <laughs> Obsessed. Uh, One I, of my <laughs> favorites, in, which is also played quite a lot on BET, when they play so. when they play their when they play their uh, movies, they play movies like Women on Saturday Night. Ass. Yeah, it's like a lot of. Oh, but that movie. Yeah, and it's some Bad of the worst women. acting I've oh. ever seen by Beyonce. Ever. Which is why I love it. Which is why I love it. But and she is a woman great. who kicks ass. She does kick Allie Larder's ass. And in this film, it's called Karen. <laughs> and in your mind, I want you all to just think, rack your brains for who, if if you could make a movie, a suspense thriller called Karen, about exactly what you're, you think it's going to be, because I assure you it is, who would you put in that role? A few people come to mind. Actors, well, I was totally. Female yeah. actresses. But 
I am going to throw a name out there and no one else will be able to leave your... You, you will only see one face for the rest of this and it'll be perfect. It's Taryn Manning uh, playing Karen, who Taryn is... Taryn Manning, probably most famously known for her role as Pensatucky, I would say, in mm. Orange is the New Black. and Also in Hustle and Flow. Hustle and Flow. It's hard out there for a pimp. Not and the first time... to make the money for the rent. <laughs> yeah, okay. This yeah. is not the first time we have talked about it's yeah. hard out there for a pimp. Yeah. Um, and it is, the film is directed by Coke Daniels, and it also stars Corey Hardick. Corey Hardick and, um... Jasmine Burke. Jasmine Burke, who, like, she was in Secret Life of... She's been in tons of things. Singer, actress, dancer. Yeah. And, uh, basically it's about a, a couple of color who are moving into an upper-class prestigious neighborhood. Move it looks in. like, it looks like a very, it looks like a... Definitely a definitely a neighborhood that has a uh, what's that called? A neighborhood watch? Not a neighborhood watch. We have a neighborhood watch here over on a bridge. No, I'm talking about a like has a homeowners. There's a definitely oh, so, yeah. HOA, a homeowners association, Absolutely. and there is always a what I've been told. There is always a Karen or a busybody oh, always on the homeowners association, no matter what. Of there has to be. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, uh, basically, they, they moved to this, this cul-de-sac. Of course, it's a cul-de-sac. Uh, she's the neighbor, and mm-hmm. she immediately starts causing m- mischief that turns into murder. And uh, Karen, But we don't know Mary murder by who, but she's harassing them. She's trying to intimidate and harass this couple yeah. to move out of the area because, well, she's a straight-up racist. Yeah. Um Though during the trailer, which I'll put on the website, um, one of my most beloved scenes that I saw was somehow one member of this family is in the house, or this is what at least I'm perceiving from the trailer, and they're in a probably a guest bathroom, and they pick up the soap dispenser and they turn it around, and there is a Confederate flag on it. And let me tell you, um, that's a lot. But I will say, um, as someone who has been to the Dukes of Hazard Museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, I guarantee you, you would be able to find Confederate flag soap dispensers. Because they did have Confederate flag um, potholders. Yeah. Now, mind you, this was, this was 13 years ago. I still, I'm sure they're still there. Yeah. I'm, I, I have full confidence. Oh, uh, come, uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and so I think uh, I think it's just going to be um, a phenomenal performance, tour de force performance from. I think it'll be a fun movie that <laughs> swings very hard. Yeah, she doesn't. Um, Taryn Manning does not have a lot of subtle. I would not no. say she has a lot of subtle roles. No, but she always. But I she's earnest. She, she's earnest, and she. She's plays, a good actress. No one. We've said it before. We'll say it again. No one plays trash better than Taryn Manning. But I, she's she's playing a Karen in this, though, yeah, going very against and that's type. What, against type, but still channeling some of the traits she's known for, being problematic. You know, I'm, yes. I Yes. She, she's very racist as Pensatucky yeah. in... Um, yes. But she, now she's ra- <laughs> racist in with money, so... Oh, right. Yeah. I um, wanted to share a quick story for the listeners. I do want to acknowledge that I did have the pleasure and joy of meeting one Taryn Manning... Um, when she was filming uh, the iconic yes. blockbuster that is known as um, 
uh, Cleveland abduction um, here in Cleveland. Yes, the Michelle Knight story. The Michelle Knight story about the three young women that were locked up in the basement. Uh, she did play Michelle Knight. Um, I was in a few scenes that she spoke in, including the final monologue that she spoke uh, yes. as Michelle Knight. It was rather amazing. And um, I was in line getting a donut at the snack table. <laughs> and I look over and Taryn Manning, all of five foot three, pr- bobbles up next to me. With that voice. With that voice, grabs a donut. <laughs> And she looks at me. She goes, how's your day going? I go, it's going good. Thanks. She, How about yours? She's like, it's good. I just need a donut before, donut before I do all this shit again. And then I'm like, I get you. And she walks away. And that's all. We just showed a moment. The life of an actress. The life of the an actress. Life? Yeah. She's also in one of my favorite manic pixie dream girl, but with drugs movie and mental health problems, Crazy Beautiful, yeah. playing the best friend of Kiki Dunst. Yeah. Love that movie. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. And she's uh, kind of just a hippie, bohemian lookalike to Kiki Dunst, which yeah. I like. One uh, second. One second. I got I to gotta take a pee break. I'm just going to tell the folks, you. but we'll be right back. I think I'm back peeing, but to you it's nothing. There's just a pause. But, um... I'm excited for Karen. Yeah, I am I too. mean, what I do not like to see, it's just a personal thing with me. As I've told you, Taryn Manning should never, she's in a very, she's in a very Karen haircut, which is hilarious. It's like the most Karen of all Karen wigs. It's, it's like the, the woman that's behind One Million Moms or whatever that group is, there's like actually only one mom and it's this woman. It's like her haircut. It's bad. And it's got to be a wig. Oh, please, Taryn, please tell me you did not do this to the beautiful hair on your head. Um, but it's it's like not black, but not brown. It's that weird color in between with a very sad cut to it. And she has her lips lined very tiny. This is these tiny little red lips of anger and racism. Yeah. And she'll be great. She'll be great at being hateful. She'll be a yeah. She'll be, I I I mean. I wonder if Karen is going to die spectacularly in this movie. How could she not? I mean, again, if it's anything like the previously talked about obsessed movie, where, ooh, is there a casualty? Yep. Yes. There is a casualty of love. Allie Larder gets her comeuppance. <laughs> she surely does. Although, let, let me just reiterate that the director of Obsessed had nothing to do with Karen. We're just making, I think it's like extreme behavior movies. Mm-hmm. So it will be, I'll be very excited to see this with you, Roger. And we need to time because the movie is definitely, you can see it being filled through the trailer with like lots of microaggressions that Karen does. Mm-hmm. But then just interspersed with like straight up. like or blatant racism. Yeah, blatant racism. So I'm gonna, it'll be interesting to see how Taryn nuances. <laughs> new, I think she'll do great. That, how she dances this dance. Yeah. She if plays can dance that dance. I mean, trash is trash, and she plays good trash. She plays the best trash. Mm-hmm. Speaking of strong female performances, my next um, uh, selection, my uh, uh, for my 
films that I wanted to throw into the ring for uh, titles we should keep our eyes on over the next few months is a film entitled Aline, also known as Aline Dayu. Now, if, if Aline sounds somewhat like something you've heard before in the sense of pronunciation and overall syllables, um, it may be because it sounds like Celine Dion. <laughs> Um, if you know anything about Teresa and I, you know that we have an undying obsession uh, involving anything and everything that is related to one Celine Dion. Yes. We follow her fashion accounts on Instagram. We love her wardrobe at Icon. all times. Iconic, Icon. kind-hearted, genteel creature that, frankly, if the, no, it should not be... Uh, recreated on cinema because no one can ever do it, in my opinion. Uh, but apparently they tried to. And apparently they were able to afford the rights to her music. But Some of her music, we think. Some of her music, but apparently um, they did not get the rights to her name. And so they are <laughs> making this movie and presenting it as a fantastical reimagination of the life of Celine Dion. And it's called Aline. <laughs> and it is coming out it's a French film, shock and awe, um, uh, uh, and it, honestly, it follows, to, down to very intimate details, it follows the exact life of Celine Dion while referring to her as Aline Dayou. Uh, she even yes. sings Celine songs, and she even pursues the exact same strange love interests that she pursued in her own real life. Uh, with that eventually culminated into her relationship Renee. with Renée and so Renee, Renee, who she inevitably <laughs> lost, but the trailer boasts everything you could want from a Celine Dion biopic. There's uh, dramatic hair blowing in the wind. There's very uh, large discussions uh, involving her teeth. Um, her teeth were a hot mess when she was younger. Yes. Um, there are dramatic sleeves blowing in the wind. There there's are hair extensions. Ang- there's skinny, angular bodies in bizarre poses. Denim jackets. I mean, you got it. Everything. Forty-year-old haircuts on twenty-year-old heads. The whole shebang. Because we all remember Celine aged backwards in her style and look. Because when she was in her early twenties. For some reason... They went with middle-aged house moms. <laughs> they gave her a true Karen haircut. Yeah. And then when she hit her 40s, and what I call her true stride, her Vegas years, her Vegas 40s, whew, my favorite Celine era, she got real, like, long-haired and lanky. Yeah. And and really uh, deep, deep... Plies into oh, the yeah. ground, a lot of groin, yeah, groin dancing and groin um, singing. Yeah, so I'm just uh, I'm really curious to see how this is going to turn out because I I read it <laughs> referenced as such and I honestly can't how it's going to turn out. Yeah, I, I I someone said that it looks like a skit straight out of Thirty Rock, and it absolutely does. It does. It's I want it to be Jenna. Jackie Wayne Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Janis Joplin. But I want that to be Jenna Mulroney playing. Take a little, little chunk of my love now, <laughs> yes. darling. Like whatever she says. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's Janis Jorple. Yeah, Jackie Jorple. Yeah. Jackie Jorpling. 
J- J- yeah, it's something. It's something strange like that. But um, it, it this seems like it's just it's either going to be so bad that you can't laugh at it, or it's going to be bad enough that you can laugh at it. I'm hoping it's the latter of the two. I've watched because, now. I've watched the trailer three times. Yeah. Um, I am laughing. Yeah. During this trailer. And yeah. then simultaneously feeling bad at the disrespect I'm giving Celine Dion. Yeah. Because you know she's not okay with this. <laughs> she's not okay. How dare they try to capture her essence uh, without her approval. And they will suffer. In the, in the end of the day, they will suffer for doing it without her. So approval. this ain't no... This ain't... This is water off a duck's or a Celine's back. Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. Her son... Who's maybe seventeen is her manager now. She's got those twins. Yeah. She's doing oh, she's doing fine. Um, I think that she doesn't really give two shits about this movie. I I, I hope that she uh, does a screening of it and watches it and laughs all through it because I feel like she could take if anyone could take with mocking themselves, it's Celine Dion. My question yeah. is this. My T V is not big enough for the size I need to watch. Oh yeah, I lean on. Could we have Gustavo's TV, and will he sit through the Aline movie? I think I'll have to drug him. <laughs> but I, I, apparently, he will be so angry. Oh, he'll be really mad. But um, <laughs> apparently, let's see if it's ready to be. You know, it's not available yet, as far as I can see. But uh, we're going to get our hands on it. We're going to get our hands on it. We're going to get see... our filthy little mitts yeah, on Aline. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know when it's coming out. I think it just got bought for uh, international release. But that doesn't mean necessarily it'll be someplace where we can watch it other than a streaming service. So The woman, I will say this from what I can see in the trailer, she's got the the essence of Celine down pat. The yeah. joie de vivre, the... Uh, Oh, she's, there's one scene where she's, like, shimming forward with a bunch of men surrounding her. And I'm like, God, she's got that down. Because uh, <laughs> Celine doesn't make a, move a lot, you know? She doesn't. Her movement's, as I said, angular and low to the ground often. Lots of stomping. She knows how to, she works with what she's got. Yeah. Which yeah. is long limbs. The longest, lots of kicks. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And while we're running the gamut of strong female characters, um, my final title I wanted to throw down for one that I'm very intrigued in and will be coming out soon. It'll be coming out July 14th, two days before my birthday. Exactly. Is Gunpowder Milkshake. It will be a title released to Netflix, and it is basically an all-female action title that uh, recently dropped a uh, a trailer and we saw some very familiar faces. We saw Karen Gillian. Uh, we saw Lena Head, uh, Heady. We saw... Cersei Lannister. Yep, yep, yep. We saw Michelle Yao. Uh, Carla Gugino. Gugino. Uh, who we know from um, The Haunting of Hill House. It's just a really great, like, st- strong... And Carla Gugino also, like, has been in some action movies and hasn't really gotten the credit. I've always felt like she's that... I've always felt like she's that actress that has always been like, she should be bigger. She yeah. should just, she should just be bigger. She's always the guest star in different types of series also. Yeah. Um, but Karen Gillian, Gillum, sorry, from 
Guardians. Yeah, and she's also in, um, oh, God, isn't she in Jumanji, I believe? Jumanji and in Jumanji, which I loved her in. Yeah, she's, in, she's got a, I mean, she's got a few things under her belt, and she's a hot name right now. I love her. She's a hot her. commodity. She's a hot commodity. I loved her in, um, in the uh, overall Mar- Marvel arc with Avengers and everything. Yes. I thought her character really became something really interesting, and I want to see more from her. So, yeah, so I just, you know, I just love to see that, honestly, the only male that's being billed is Paul Giamatti. Uh, other than that, it's just some kick-ass women kicking some ass. Kicking ass. Listen, and Angela Bassett, you sign me up. Any day of the week. And I'm excited, definitely excited to see Lena Headey, mm-hmm. who's, God, I feel old, but she's playing Karen Gillum's mother. Um, also, some type of, you know, I don't really know what they are. Are they hired killers or they they're assassins they're assassins they're assassins so there it's kind of like a family there are a bunch of women that work together at one point with they i believe they worked with her mother and now that she kind of runs into a predicament because she's hired to kill someone but it's a child and she it's a little girl and she won't do it it's a story we've seen before but it's told all as old as time tale as old as time but told with a cast of phenomenal female talent whom i simply cannot wait to see um on screen together, so right. Yeah. And Lena, she was in the um, when they had the Terminator series on TV. Mm-hmm. She played Sarah Connors. This was prior to her star turn right. in Game of Thrones as the very evil Cersei Lannister. Um, but she was also in um, Snyder, Zack Snyder's Three Hundred. Yes, yeah, um, and was, yeah. playing a character that kind of looks like Cersei Lannister, but um, it's good to see her kind of getting back to her action because she did not get to do any of that in Game of Thrones. She was literally in a long dress. Yeah, just looking formidable, looking angry, drinking wine, and having sex with her brother. That yeah. is, that was what she did. And you know what? Come in full circle uh, with that title. She was also in the first Purge movie. She's in the first Purge? Yeah. She is. Oh, she's she is. Lead. She's the female lead. She is. She's the wife to Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke's wife. The, the first Purge is such a is such a different type of movie compared they, to the other ones. I enjoyed the first Purge very much, but yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like, it doesn't feel like it's part of the same movie, movie world in right. a way. Do you know right. what I mean? It's a different tone. They took, you know what? They were smart because the first one, they, they threw the least amount of political anything. At, uh, and then Oh, the it was very one, much a story. The first one was very much the story of this family yeah. who should be in this guy whose job was it yeah. just, you know, just to sell those security yeah. systems and what happens when shit goes sideways. Yeah. They told that. it on the smallest scale. Right. And and it's I love love seeing it expanding to a bigger world each film. Yeah. Because in the second one they take it to the streets. In the third one it's really like just an all out chaos and they hit go take it to a political level where things are really being hidden by the government. And now I, they're taking it to a world that's already had it and is now being deprived of it. And when you give people the ability to be, be violent, I mean we are we are a very Bloodthirsty species. Amen. Amen. Well, that's well, a light note. And that's a light note. I will tell people um, one thing that I discovered this week, and I discovered watching it. I do not have the full subscription to the Peacock Network. I don't really understand it. My peacock. 
Um, but a Tina Fey, Jeff Richmond joint, um, Girls 5 Eva is on Peacock. And I have watched the first three episodes and I am delighted. It is very much that Tina Fey writing, but it is about a girl group. And there was five of them, obviously. Right. Jeff Richmond wrote all the music, you know, and he's brilliant. Um, and it's really about what happens 15 years later when one of their songs gets sampled by this rap artist. They kind of have this reemergence. And the cast is pretty fantastic. You have uh, Renee Elise Goldberg, Goldberry from Hamilton, best known as a musical theater star. She was uh, uh, Eliza in Hamilton. Better have that one right. Yeah, Renee Elise Gold. Yeah, she was Eliza. She, she originated the role of Angelica. She was Angelica. I suck musical theater people, but um, I love it because, and she's been around forever. I mean, she was a big time soap opera actress. I've just never seen her in anything this funny, and she is the diva of the group. I love it. She's hilarious. Sarah Bareilles is in it, and she is actually very funny in yeah. this. We also have Busy Phillips, who plays the least talented of them and the admittedly least talented of them. Give me, give me Busy Phillips. Busy Phillips any with day an overlined lip and living in New Jersey with fake furs. It's good. And there's also a character who I forget how she dies, but it's there's only four of them left because right. one of the characters dies, played by Ashley Park. Um, and so they only talk about her in memoriam. And then there's the Paula Pell character. And the funny thing about this is if you don't know who Paula Pell is, um, also a, she's really best known as a writer. She was a writer for SNL for 20 some years, but she is an absolutely hysterical actress. She was in, if you guys saw Wine Country on Netflix, she was one of the friends. She's kind of a bigger lady, grayish hair. She's also in Documentary Now. The last person you would ever expect to see in this lineup. This is why it's so funny. She is definitely about 20 years older than the rest of the characters. And she's played by a different person in all of the flashbacks. And they just, (laughs) she's just like, I buckled down, I became a dentist. What do you you mean? Like, they act like just a few, you know, a few years has passed. She's like, I put on a little bit of weight, buckled down, became a dentist. Because that's really what has happened to her. But she adds so much to this. She's also on, if you guys have ever seen, um, oh my gosh, it's so good. It's the Patton Oswalt, um, Glenn Howerton show that was on NBC and then they moved it to Peacock. Um, something about high school. Um, oh God, is it so, so um, social or it's like, um. We're forgetting what it is. Yeah. Look it up. Damn it. Look it up. It's so... It's so good. It's uh, Glenn Howerton's having to... The only job he can get in, is in his hometown is like... Uh, right. Oh, it's, AP Bio. AP, yeah, I knew it was... Ah! Like, uh, uh. Well, she's an AP Bio as the assist. Like, she's the... Essentially, she's the... I think she's the assistant to the principal who's played hilariously by Patton Oswalt. Yeah. And she is very enthusiastic to like be everywhere yeah she's a lot of school spirit she's all about the rules she's hilarious and she's um 
she plays a gay character in Girls 5 Ever, and she's gay in real life, too. And she's just a joy and hilarious. And I would say, yeah, like, the entire cast is funny, but it is the lines just inserted by her, which I'm sure she wrote herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she was had been hired over the years to, like, pepper in lines. I mean, yeah. she's such a great writer. But, yeah. like, now that you're, like, it's like she's finally being seen in more things, but you're like, this woman needed to always have this be of, in roles. Yeah. I find it wonderful that, I mean, and I know Sarah Bareilles, I guess out of all the girls, is the one who's probably, like, the least, um, I mean, she, she's kind of hit, she hit her career, she had her moment. Probably the, but, least, the least known, but she's pretty great in this, though. This, well, I guess, so, I was going to say Sarah Bareilles is, like, the most vanilla out of all these girls. Because, uh, I mean, yeah. Busy Phillips has had a really long comedic acting career, uh, the one is transitioning from one of the most iconic Broadway shows. Yes. You've got this comedian who's coming from the underground. Then you have Sarah Bareilles, who, like, a lot of people think, like, I'm not going all right. Yo, I love song. But, like, she... <laughs> Wait, is that how they're is... thinking of it? By the way, Roger just performed that with his hand on his hips as if he had a cigar out of the side of... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that. You don't need one. I was thinking of her in the live production of the... Her, her Mary Magdalene production of oh my God. Jesus Christ Superstar. Say, she's one of those artists who, like, she exudes a warmth and a lovability. Like, I really want to see her act more because I think she has such a presence. And I think that's why her music career, aside from being you know, a delightful writer and a really lovely performer, um, I think she has a likability that you don't get from a lot of celebrities. And I'm so happy to see her doing something acting-based. I'm really curious to see, because is she playing, I'm, ass- I'm assuming, a certain kind of personality? Well, she's, play- she's playing Italian. Okay. Um, because it is great, because Renee Elise Goldberg Goldberry says at one point, she pops over to her New York apartment, and she's like, oh, I knew you were going to be here. Italians never move. Yeah. And it's just hilarious, because that is a stereotype for... Especially Italians living as in New York and New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And as I sit in my place that I've lived for um, 11 years. Um, Italians do never move. I am a stereotype. But she, uh, she's definitely in the, with the five Eva girls. Yeah. Um, because forever is too short. Right. That's like, I'm going to love you forever. Because forever's too. It's like a ridiculous. Right. Um, she and the Renee Elise Goldberry character are definitely kind of the leaders of the band. So they are definitely the Justin and I would say JT. Yeah. JC yeah. of of the band. Yeah. So that's kind of her role with those two kind of dueling it out. It yeah. seems a little bit of for like lead vocals because they can. They can both do it. The one can wail and the other one sings beautifully. Right. So that's. So she's kind of a long suffering. She it's it's a mirror, I would say, for Tina Fey. Yeah, like she's very much the character that Tina Fey wrote for, with many Tina Feyisms. Yeah, but she's great. She's very natural. She's great. Yeah, you know, and she is coming off a pretty large success with, with yeah, Waitress. Waitress. Yeah, um, which you know she's pivoted very smartly in her career. She has, but longevity. Um, but this is such a this is a fun show. And it's, like, yeah. a shame because I don't know how... I don't... It's very confusing how to get to it. So like, it's on Peacock? It's on Peacock. It's not on, like, the NBC app. And some, depending on which device you have, yeah. sometimes... Like, I can't... 
I have the Amazon Fire Stick, and for some reason, I cannot download the Peacock app. So you can only really watch it on your phone or, I guess, on a computer, at least if you have the Fire Stick. I'm sure there's some other device. I'm going to check because we have the Peacock channel at his What house. the hell? And I'm going to see if I can access it. Is it because... It. I don't know. I, don't. I downloaded the app on it. I, I, I don't... I try to do it. Anyways, I'm going crazy. My last thing I'm going to say, my last recommendation, and I just have caught the first couple episodes of it, but if you have Apple TV, oh my God, I stumbled upon this this last Friday night. Yeah, that's right. I was home by myself last Friday night with nothing to do, and that's just my life right now. Um, But yeah, I just was sitting there, and... I'm really hoping I didn't tell somebody I would do plans with them. And now they're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I did nothing. I did nothing in all of my life. Oh. <laughs> they're like, what an asshole she is. Fuck Teresa. <laughs> Fuck her and her lying little mouth. Um, Apple TV has some pretty great shows if people haven't checked it out. But, you know, season two of Ted Lasso is coming back, which is a delightful show. Jason Sudeikis. But I caught the first three or four episodes because that's all that's out right now. And I was pissed because I was like, I want to binge this of physical with Rose um, Byrne. Oh, and I love Rose Byrne. I was pulled in immediately because essentially what it is, and it is about if you have had an eating disorder, if you like suffer from any of that, there's like big trigger warning, you know, um, cards you know right before it starts right because this character is definitely you know she has uh bulimia and she's the wife of a professor it's 1981 these guys are like berkeley hippies that he became a professor and they ended up living in this california town and she has a kid and she's a stay-at-home mom and she's pretty miserable and she has literally this She's taking, she takes ballet classes as her physical thing. The place gets shut down. But in between, you see her, like, in her internal monologue, like, pretty much saying how much she hates her husband, how much she hates her life. And then you see the binge eating. Like, she's taking money out of the savings so she can literally go and eat, like, I don't know, three days worth of fast food in a motel room. So this is like her, so she, she like takes her clothes off and she eats this food. So it's like a definite, this is my, and then she says, and this is the last day I'm doing it. This is the last day I'm doing it. And she's trying to get some type of control of her life. And she essentially stumbles onto a aerobics, aerobics class. And you see like going through her mind as she's taking this class, like this, this is it. You know, she's like, I feel strong. I feel alive, blah, blah, blah. So, um. Essentially, we're going to get to a place where she is very much like a Jane Fonda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which Jane Fonda also had like extremely problematic eating disorder for 20 years of her life. Even when she started the workout empire. But the costuming and all of that and everything leading up to that is so great. Rose... Burn again, I think a super underrated actress. And she's, it's like both, it's a hilarious... And a heartbreaking show, yeah. all rolled into one. Like, yeah. it's definitely not one thing because you are like, oh, she just has such a disorder. Like, she hates, 
she self-hates herself so much, but then there's this other side of her just discovering this way for her to feel, you know, more in control. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. I was like, I was like, damn it, four episodes. Because it was, you would love it. It is definitely a Roger yeah, I love her. I would, I would absolutely watch. You it. would walk walk to the end of the moon for oh, Rose. Like, well, she's for Rose so Burn. good at both drama and comedy. She's oh, yeah. such a delicate balance between the two. Her and bridesmaids. Oh my god! Great. And her, her when and... she's in that dress and she turns and like that reveal and she's in that massive dress. Oh, <laughs> man, I love it. Yeah, she's uh, she's hard really in this. She has such a look of sadness in so many episodes of like. And then this really strained smile when she has to, like, entertain colleagues of her husband. And when she has to play the dance and her husband gets to a place where he's wanting to run for, like, local um, government. Yeah. And he's becoming even more, like, hard to be around. And she's just, like, you see how the disorder gets triggered. You see how much self-hate she has for herself, but a lot more that she has for other people. It's great. Yeah. She's great if you guys have ever seen it was on fx years ago it is worth watching from the beginning damages with her mm-hmm. in queen glenn close check mm-hmm. it out it's probably one of the first things she did after wicker park with josh hartnett remember that thriller Ugh, what a classic josh hartnett rose Byrne, either diana kruger or the other blonde one oh, and love diana kruger though and uh, matthew lillard Park. That is so like take me back. I love that movie though. Park. That was a good. That was a. I, I guess a good time. It, uh, was, a, it was a time. It, it was, was a time a, when Josh Hartnett was they, the thing. They were like we. This is our I army. Love me some Josh this Hartnett. is our army. But we're gonna make this guy a star. Yeah, we're gonna make him a star. I don't but... mind him. I don't mind Josh Hartnett. I know what I always irritated me about Josh Hartnett. His hair. The cowlick mm-hmm. and his pointy head. Well, you notice that his head also was at a bit of a point. Yeah, yeah. Especially circa, like, um, the faculty. Yes. Halloween. The faculty. H2O. The faculty with the girl who talked like this. That little blonde. The blonde who was in, um, the blonde who was in the Canadian TV series 15. And she always talked like this. It was the lightest way you talk as a human girl. Like very breathy. You're talking about the one that ended up being the the actual the villainess. alien, the yeah. one that ends up being the alien talks like this. Uh, she uh, yeah, With she a, did have a just a tinge of an accent. She had like a kiss of apple pie. She had a kiss of um, maple syrup and uh, apple pie. Laura Harris. Laura Harris. I mean, honestly, best known for her role in Fifteen. Yeah. On can on Canada in Canada with her in. Who else? But, um, you know, the other guy. Deadpool guy. Ryan, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It's his first thing that he ever did. Oh, she's a delight, though. She's a delight. She is a delight. And she was doing her best also to make Josh Hartnett happen. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people worked hard on it. But, you know what? I really like him in a, the 30 Days of Night. I like him in some movies. I like 30 Days of Night. I liked him bad. as he got a little older. Yeah. But yeah. I, I couldn't. I didn't get the big shit that was going on. He was those eyes. What eyes? The squinty brown the eyes. The squinty brown eyes? That's a, like a squinty brown puppy dog eye. I mean, also, not to change subjects, we're about to leave. 
people call into me or um, leave me a message or email me if you have seen the movie Freaks from the 30s. Uh. Because <laughs> it was, I was in shock and awe when I found out that Roger Connors has not seen this classic seminal it's, terrifying. It features a lot of people with physical ailment, physical, physical disabilities, disabilities, deformities. Um, correct that at that time was turned into a circus act. Yes, and they called them freaks. And this movie is was big, big movie when it came out. Pre code, pre code. Yeah, yeah. I, it's 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 definitely something that I've seen a lot of images of. One of us, one of us, one of us. They they all say that around a table. Well, the the ones who have hands. Yeah. So, because that's they are all missing something, or <laughs> some of them are missing some things. Yeah. Some of them are have a couple extra things. Yeah. I mean, it makes for a very unique experience. I wonder if any of them are still alive. No, I doubt the human torso is still alive. <laughs> or Cleopatra, who was the female version of the human torso. Okay, we have officially gone off the rails. <laughs> I just needed to bring it up with the audience if anybody had watched. Uh, uh, it's Kurt Browning, right? Isn't he the director of Freaks? Of, of, of the original movie Freaks? Yes, unless there's been a... <laughs> well, yeah, there... of, of, uh, Todd Browning. Todd Browning. Todd Browning. Um, also, by the way, the premise of the movie Freaks is my favorite because there is a little person who is running the carnival. Yep, that's Cleopatra. Little person running the carnival that is being seduced by this very, very beautiful Jean Harlow-esque woman. But she's nothing but a con person. Of course. But guess what? All of the entertainers find out. So they decide we're going to do what we can to make her one of us, which is a freak, which is let's cobble her. Let's do this. And they do. At the end, they attack her in the rain. She is running from all of these folks in the rain. And some, you know, are crawling on the ground with knives in their mouths. They're going to get her, though. Oh, they're going to get her. Oh, it's, God. So they, they come to the aid of their of their uh, little of yeah. their boss. But I don't think he's a very nice fella. Uh. I think it's more... I don't really even think it's because of him. I think it has more to do with... Job security. Job security. And this dame is going to come in here, swindle him for all his money, and sell this. Yeah. You know, and get rid of this carnival. And this is our only livelihood. This is our only family. Right. So, see, I try to make it more positive. Oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, at the and end of the day, they get what they need. Which is vengeance. vengeance. It's always, it's, that seems to be the, the ending note for all of our podcasts. Vengeance. Ven- Ladies and gentlemen, we, uh, we, we end this with one idea, vengeance. We always want you to carry it with you at all times. Bring vengeance with you in your back pocket, your in front your pocket, and your heart. Um, also, make sure you guys go out there and um, subscribe on, you know, the Spotify, the Apple, all of the, all of the. Um, platforms. Yeah. I'm out there on them. And um, also, make sure you, you know, rate me. Give me some good stars. And make sure you go to the Pop Culture Persephone website where you're going to see a, tons of fun stuff that oh. just, it's like a companion piece. Just yeah. listen to this on your phone and just scroll through the website and you're going to be like, wow. It's like one of those life collages. You know, <laughs> like a- where you like take, like, this is what I need in my life. And you pin things on a collage and then you step back and you're like, this is it. That's going to be this, and it's going to be this for this episode for about five 
scrolling pages uh, <laughs> because the amount of material we've got to share with we you. We do, is, and and listen, and, and and just check back every day because I might just add stuff every more. just more and more. more. Make sure to Pictures check of out the freaks at random. Right. Make sure to check out Roger Connors in his directorial debut, Rebirth, now found on. Um, all streaming, Amazon Prime streaming services. Yeah. Um, Apple TV, Apple TV. iTunes. There's, it's on. It's on about ten services now and growing. Um, we have a. Um, you can check our Facebook page, Rebirth the Movie, if you want. Yes, yeah, subscribe. Absolutely. Um, you can follow our Instagram, Rebirth the Movie. I'm on all the different platforms. Is the Scream Queer, of course. And yeah, and also make sure you follow my podcast, Dark Night of the Podcast. If you like talking, absolutely. Horror, Horror with two sassy gay men, myself <laughs> and my lovely co-host Troy Escamilla, um, who is a director and a gay man. Um, you, you might that might be right up your alley. It might tickle your pickle. So we'd love to have you. Uh, but I always love being on this one because my best friend Teresa Padone, everybody. Yes, God. yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, Roger. And Roger is not only the director of Rebirth; he also stars in oh, it. Oh my God! <gasps> a selfish decision that I made. But it's a good casting choice all the same. All right, y'all. I'm going to... I'm going to tidy on up. Oh, my goodness. And I got to stretch my legs in. Ooh. 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 And have some sweet tea. I'm, yes. I'm, it's, I'm just very, very Southern today. Oh, my God. You've been living it. I, I live it. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm thinking. You know, that's Southern life. All right, y'all. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.